This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Networks. Command code verified. Is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many But they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns All the unions always ask for more All the bodies made out of foreign shorts Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And it is Friday night, so we are live across the world or over the airwaves, thanks to WCETFM in Columbia, South Carolina, across the lastfrequency.com, part of the Vera Networks. We're also on K-Star Talk Radio. We're on ZMA Radio, and we're on Liberty Talk FM. And, of course, all of those digital platforms are on additional digital platforms. So we're everywhere tonight. And thank you so much for being here. Got a lot to going on today, so got a lot of guests coming on to have conversations. We're going to kick off uh, here in just a few moments with Tim Rivers. Of course, you remember Tim. He's been on a few times. He uh, is the man who wrote a very powerful collection of letters. You know them as 
the American Gulag Chronicles, and uh, part two of the American Gulag Chronicles, the, uh, let's see here real quick, the Art of Confinement, uh, that's coming along as well. We'll be uh, having a conversation with him in regards to an ongoing situation with a particular individual, J6 dependent. Uh, you probably heard about this if you've been paying close enough attention. If you haven't been, I suggest you learn the story of James Little. We'll be talking about him. Uh, after that, we've got uh, Brandon Wichert coming back on with us. Uh, he's going to be coming on to discuss the current situation between Iran and how they're responsible for U.S. servicemen being killed recently. Uh, in the second hour, we've got Richard Battle coming back on with us. We're going to be talking about the latest involving the U.S.-Mexico border at the state of Texas. And uh, then Mark Burrell will be finishing up tonight. He's coming back on. Uh, he's going to be talking about his new soon-to-be-released book, The Duty is Ours. So we'll have that conversation. Uh, real quick before I remind you about our friends over for Patriots, do want to make sure that everyone is aware that the U.S. military has officially begun its retaliatory strikes against Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and the Iran-backed terrorist groups in the Middle East. That happened a little later in the day, Friday. That is, of course, today, for those of you that are listening live. Here's my problem. The Biden administration has been telegraphing these hits since they first started, whether you're talking about with the Houthis, whether you're talking about these individual militant groups operating in Syria and operating within Iraq, and we already had word of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard leadership going underground, going into hiding. We got word that after it was leaked, there'd be an extended bombing campaign that these operators were going to evacuate their bases of operation in Syria and Iraq. So, again, if you're just blowing up empty buildings, then it's not really retaliatory, is it? It's just show. And that's the problem. A lot of show. Not a lot of stuff getting done. All right, so real quick, want to make sure that you guys remember that uh, our friends over at Four Patriots are just waiting to help you guys get the preparedness items that you can use right now and that can save your life later. This month, they want to make sure that you know some very important information. That, of course, being that given our current infrastructure – and this isn't even counting the potential risk of terrorism or cyber attacks from China. Just the way our infrastructure stands right now, roughly about two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You very well could be one of them. You could be sitting in the dark and the cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks, depending on what the actual cause is. So the question is, are you ready to protect your family? Well, the, the fine folks at Four Patriots want to make sure that you know that you certainly could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. The folks that already have one – they swear by it. They say that the four Patriot solar power generators are worth their weight in gold because these generators 
the new ones, they have doubled the capacity of the previous runs. They're expandable. You can run big appliances on them. You can keep your refrigerators going, and you can run them for longer than you used to be able to. Whether you're looking to keep an electric blanket going, whether you're looking to crank up your microwave, maybe you need your RV air conditioner going, electric wheelchairs operate here, medical equipment, it doesn't matter. This new 2000X, it has 12 outlets, including four ACs. So you can power more devices all at once. It's got two USB-C outlets, so you can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator, it's fume-free. It's safe to use inside. It never needs gasoline, ever. There's already over 150,000 Americans that trust Patriot Power Generators. So what I'm asking you to do is go to 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. You can go there. You can pick up your generator. Uh, you'll see a little link at the very top of the page. But remember, that page is set aside just for listeners of Tap into the Truth. As a listener of Tap into the Truth, you go there. It lands you on this week's deals and specials. So again, 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. All right, uh, that's enough of that. Let's get on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to welcome back to the show the author of the American Gulag Chronicles, Mr. Tim Rivers. Tim, thank you so much for coming on with us once again. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me back. Well, um, that's a kind of strange thing. you like to talk about Mr. Little, huh? <laughs> well, that was interesting. All right. Seem to be having some technical issues there. All right. I think we're going to try to reconnect. Uh, we're going to do that super quick. So in the meanwhile, let me give you a little bit of backstory with what we're going to be discussing uh, when Tim gets back. Uh, there's a January 6th defendant by the name of James Little, and he was in a very unique situation where he went in front of the judge, and he was had his attorney. We've got him back on. Okay, I'm getting the green light. All right. Sorry about that technical issue, uh, Tim. Uh, glad you were back connected. So, again, uh, let's just jump right in. I was going to give the background, but I, you can probably do that so much better than I could. What is it that's going on with the story of James Little? Well, it's a kind of an interesting thing. Mr. Little uh, received a sentencing that included an extended time of probation, 18 months of probation, um, and he'd already had 60 days of imprisonment and had served that, that time in, of probation. And so he appealed this. He thought it was uh, based on the, on the misdemeanors and other people getting that. He'd already done his uh, 18 months of probation and he'd done his time. Uh, and now they wanted him to pay restitution, and uh, he basically appealed that. He said it was too harsh a sentence. And the judge made some pretty, uh, some pretty strange statements. Uh, the first one is he, he he basically accused Mr. Little of having no remorse. Um, I, in fact, here let me just read you out of the transcript. I note that Mr. Little's public commentary indicates a clear lack of remorse. Instead, his social media post shows that Mr. Little has sought to downplay the attack on the Capitol while minimizing or denying his personal responsibility. Well, okay, I mean, I think most people are entitled to do that, and I don't think that's a great sin to say, hey, I didn't do that if you didn't do it. But then here, here comes his second reply, second 
that two grade a sentence reduction would result in a sentence that's inconsistent with the purposes of sentencing, as articulated in 18 U.S.C., in particular, the need for the sentence imposed to reflect the seriousness of the offense. Bear in mind that Mr. Lill was charged with misdemeanors, uh, and yet he served 18 months probation and, and time served in jail. And in the end, uh, the judge concluded that he would count the 18 months of probation as 30 days in jail, but he was going to resentence Mr. Little for a longer period than what he had originally done. And this is just uh, this just shows how the Justice Department is not uh, is not playing fairly at all. How many of the of the memes and the ideas about this actually being an insurrection and a riot have firmly taken root in the minds and the hearts of these judges in D.C. to where they really believe there was an attempt to overthrow this government. And many of them still think that police officers died. Um, it's, it's shocking to see how thorough the misinformation has been. It really is. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we, we talked about this uh, in your last visit, that unfortunately there's still a large swath of uh, American citizens that their only source of information still comes from legacy media. And they're certainly all on board with pushing the government narrative here. Uh, not everybody, and it's crazy to, to even think about it because, you know, people like you and me were, were basically news junkies. We're constantly digging in. We typically know about things maybe even as much as a week to two weeks. Occasionally a story will come along where we'll know about things months before the general public's made aware of it. So it, it can be frustrating sometimes when you hear somebody that starts spouting off something utterly ridiculous because they're parroting the talking point that the legacy media has put forth. And legacy media on this one, th as they were reporting on this, I, I didn't see a whole lot of reporting, but what I did see, uh, they certainly made it sound like there was zero remorse that this guy's an unrepentant terrorist and the fact that the judge couldn't sentence him even harsher is a mistrial of justice. And that those were some of the phrasings that I heard and, and that I saw that I read and the written. And, and it's so absurd. And what we're seeing, not just with J6 defendants, but also now uh, with pro-life protesters, where the Justice Department has been fully weaponized against anyone that simply disagrees from a political or a philosophical standpoint with the current regime. You know, it is. And, and look how, you know, it's punitive. It's purely punitive in order to, one, to punish those who refuse to bend the knee. And Americans don't bend the knee. I'm sorry. Many people believe that this was uh, a purposeful and patriotic mission that they fulfilled that day um, and that they did so under the, the protection of the Constitution of the United States and the permits for rallies that were issued around the Capitol. They did so with no evil intent in their heart, and yet they're being painted as, you know, as enemies of the state. I mean, that's as clearly as it can be. So you get a guy who was supposed to get 60 days and, uh, and 180 days of probation, and you instead you commutate that to put him in prison for 150 days because he dared to say that the, 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 the original sentence he got was unfair. And that, it, you know, what he, his part in that was not violent. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. And he shows no remorse because he was there with intent and good intent that day. But the judge will then, in his own mind, assign what we call mens rea, uh, which is, is mental intent, uh, and then make his own decisions based upon that. That's not fair. 
That's opinion. That is not fact. Um, and that's what we're seeing in D.C. You know, I, I, um, I had a long conversation with an attorney earlier today about this, and it, it came down to I showed him the Florida oath bar, the bar oath that you have to take to become an attorney in Florida. It's almost two pages long. You repeatedly swear allegiance to the country, to your state, and to God, and to the Constitution. And then you sign it, and you have to swear on a Bible, and it's a very formal document. You know what the D.C. bar is? is one paragraph. It doesn't say God, and it doesn't say Constitution. If you want to look it up, you'll be shocked at how little it takes of your honor to become an attorney or a judge in the District of Columbia. And that's indicative, I think, of what's happened in our legal profession. And there, therein lies the root of all the injustice that we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm old enough to remember a time when judges took pride in their impartiality. That no matter what their political ideology was going uh, on in their personal lives, when they put the robes on, when they stepped into the courtroom, none of that matter. They were bound by the Constitution and then by whatever law was applicable that wasn't in defiance of the Constitution. And now it's almost as if some of these judges take more pride in the fact that they know that they can punish you and that worst case scenario, even when they know they're in complete a violation of where the Constitution is and that you will win on appeal, that they know they have punished you until you get to that appeal. The administrative process, uh, like you already said, you pointed it out yourself, and it's a common refrain these days, that is part of the punishment. And it still comes down to just people uh, making presumptions about what's going on in your head. They claim to know your heart and your mind better than you do. And, I, you know, Tim, you mentioned it before. A man has a right to profess his innocence. And in our particular judicial system, a man has the right to profess his innocence, even if he's guilty. It's up to the state to prove it. And that requires evidence. That just doesn't seem to be the way this is working anymore. No, it isn't. And I've got people here in prison, you know, that I communicate with who that evidence that was withheld from their trials has now been revealed in other trials. That's Brady violation. There's all kinds of mis, um, misconduct at the judicial and the prosecutorial level. I, and none of these things, I believe, will stand appeal. You know, they all point back that this, this was the same methodology used on the Enron and the uh, Arthur Andersons. But guess what? All of those were flipped. Every single one of them were flipped at appeal. However, the destruction of those men's lives and their businesses and their personal reputations was complete. Even though they won on appeal, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, we put it in big print on the front page and we put the retraction on page 32 in small print at the bottom. Um, And your life is not recoverable. The lives of, of thousands of Americans are being destroyed by the FBI for reasons of opposition to conservative values. And, and, you know, it's, you can't sit by and watch this. You remember that poem, you know, from the Nazis about when they did nothing. You know, when they came for for this individual, I did nothing because I had nothing to do with them. When they came for the homosexuals, I did nothing because I wasn't gay. When they came for the Jews, I did nothing because I wasn't a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was nobody left to come to my aid. And that's what we're looking at in America. We're looking at, at a, an apathy that, that could well consume the country. Because people are not standing up to scream bloody murder to their congressmen. They're not writing. They're not. Now they're, you know, they're literally letting that fear of, uh, of retribution 
which has been demonstrated for them with January 6, chilled their free speech, chilled their liberty, chilled their desire to do what's right and patriotic for their country. And this is something that each of us will have to fight because it is a, it is a mental psyop of a great order. And uh, one of my one of my adopted men, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey McKellop, who's a 22 year Special Forces veteran, um, he calls it a psyop. He says the entire thing is this gigantic psyop in order to inject fear into the heart of Americans and and in, in you know keep them from exercising their inalienable and constitutionally protected rights and allow tyranny to reign in this country to completely change the fabric and the nature and the ethics and morals of this great nation. And that's something that we should all resist. And if you're not actively resisting, then you're actually kind of complicit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if all it takes for evil to succeed is for good men to stand by and do nothing, uh, it, that's a, a famous quote for a reason. Uh, the truth rings uh, quite clearly from it. Yeah, I, I still I, I circle back around to this, and and James Little legitimately proved his point that they were over uh, punishing him, and yep. he still ends up getting his jail time doubled. And there's apparently very little, if anything, that can be done to this point. And like you said, when it Sure, you can maybe eventually get to a point where you win on appeal, where you get down the road, but there's no way of getting back the time that you've lost. There's no way of repairing the damage that's been done to the relationships that have been strained while you were standing up and doing this. And and ultimately, that's it. it. It's not enough to stand on the sidelines. We do need to be more engaged. And again, that's where... Uh, you have really been leading the charge on this particular issue, uh, not just in writing the American Gulag Chronicles, but in making sure that you're out talking to whoever's willing to listen, letting them know what's going on, encouraging people to start writing and communicating with these folks uh, as well. And it's going to take that level of intimacy with the J6 defendants to really get a, a feel for how badly this has gone wrong, how far off the rails this is. It's nowhere close to being American justice. It's nowhere close to being an acceptable situation in uh, our great nation. And, and we're not going to be able to say that for much longer, our great nation, if we don't start uh, correcting the course now. And things are going to get a little bit rougher before they start getting uh, corrected because these folks have gotten away with it for a little too long. But uh, again, I, I thank God for you and your work that you're putting here. And I also thank everyone else that's getting involved with this. Uh, before we start saying our final goodbyes, to, uh, Tim, I want you to be sure to, again to remind everybody where they can find the book, share all the websites. And uh, if you're still follow, inviting people to follow you on social media, let them know the handles and the platforms. And feel free to give a closing thought. Absolutely. You know, you, you can follow our web base at J6, that's letter J, number 6, patriotnews.com. You'll find links to uh, all kinds of organizations that you can get involved with there. You'll find the latest letters from prison. You'll find interviews from our prisoners from jail and in, in person when they've been released and uh, be able to track what's going on. I always tell everybody, write to these prisoners at the patriotmailproject.com. Go out there, find a prisoner from your state. Support them. Let them know that somebody has not forgotten that they're there and why they went that day. And uh, lastly, the books are so important. 
They are a piece of history. They are these men and women's letters in a bottle to America. Please preserve them. Buy a copy and preserve it for history. And you can find these books at lettersfromprison.us. Both books are now shipping, and you can get both books together with a discount of $5 on each book and free shipping. So do give that an opportunity to, uh, to help preserve a little bit of history that I think this administration would like to see forgotten. Um, there are only 5,000 copies of this book going out right now. I, I really urge you to, to help preserve it for the future. We're going to put a copy in the Library of Congress and all the money from the proceeds of this. You will join the front lines because this money is going to help the J6ers and their families get through this persecution. So thank you again, uh, Tim, for having me on. It's a pleasure to know that you know people like you are still out here fighting, still letting truth be heard, uh, still keeping the public aware of what's going on. And, and, you know, my final closing is I'm going to quote this line I read in a book. It just I have no idea where it came from, but it was, I slept and I dreamt that all was beauty, but I awoke and I found that all was duty. And that's what's required in America. We need to awaken to our duty. And so I, I thank you once again and urge America, don't do nothing. All right. Tim, thank you so much for everything that you are doing. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned being here trying to make sure the truth is available. Uh, we have to now because it's only a matter of time. If this type of activity is allowed to continue, uh, then we are next. Uh, they're they're going to silence us. So uh, we have to do everything we can while we still can. Uh, this nation was founded on liberty and without freedom to express ourselves and without courts and elected officials that are held accountable by the constitutional standards that was agreed upon upon our founding, then uh, we might as well just be another uh, banana republic. Uh, again, thank you so much, and uh, I hope we'll get together again sometime soon and uh, have some good news to discuss for a change. Oh, so too, Brian. Thank you. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Tim Rivers. Uh, be sure to go visit, uh, check out the American Gulag Chronicles. If you haven't already gotten a copy, go get your uh, dual copies right now. They are certainly available. There will be links in the show description if you're listening via podcast after the fact. But in the meanwhile, just follow what was given. Okay, uh, real quick before we uh, take our mid-hour break, I have some good news and some bad news. <clears throat> the bad news is that our relationship with Vanish Holster is coming to an end. Uh, we're ending the current campaign. They're going a completely different route. They're moving away from podcasts and independent radio shows, and they're moving kind of towards television for the upcoming year. So they're changing their strategy. Now, at some point down the road, they may be back. Uh, but regardless, that takes us to the good news. Uh, our relationship is officially still in effect until February 9th. February 9th is the final day. So at the very end of that, that is when that comes to an end. So you literally have one week from today, if you're listening live, to take full advantage of their extension of their holiday promotion, the buy one, get one half off promotion. Now, in case you've been uh, putting it off, that means you've got 
a limited amount of time to still take advantage. So please don't wait any longer. These things are great. They're ultra comfortable holsters. You can get it at a discount by using our webpage. You can get a second one for half off that already low discounted price. So you can own one and then you can give one to a friend or a family member or you know what? Ain't nobody's business. You want to have two of them, you do you. Regardless, I do tell you this much. You're going to love this holster more than any other holster that you own because you can use it to carry almost any gun that you own. Well, a sidearm at any rate. And you can do it in absolute comfort. So comfortable, you'll even forget you're wearing it. That's why they call it the Vanish Holster. Fits 99% of all semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions, and it lets you conceal two fully loaded magazines. They, they've got a, a money-back guarantee, too. It's hassle-free, so if you don't love it as much as I think you will, <laughs> you get all your money back. <clears throat> so there you have it. Just go visit right now. Don't hesitate anymore. Don't put it off anymore. www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Again. Don't wait. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Tim Rivers from American Gulag Chronicles, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. Representative Elon Omar is a stark reminder that it is time for the United States to take up the welcome mat. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, Somalian refugee Elon Omar escaped utter Islamic brutality and was welcomed with open arms to the United States. She has achieved a great standard of living and has been elected to what was until recently the most powerful government body on earth. Rather than showing any gratitude for her good fortune here in the United States, Representative Obar has consistently spoken of her allegiance to Somalia first and being Muslim second, with no mention of her pledge to respect and uphold the Constitution of the United States. Omar also said that she represents Somalia in Congress. I, for one, find it quite reasonable to expel Omar from the House of Representatives and present her with a one-way ticket back to Somalia where she can represent Somalian interests till her little heart's content. America, you must understand, there is no legal or moral obligation to harbor enemies in government or anywhere within our borders. It is time to take up the welcome mat. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern to find out where. Go to therodedwards.com. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire, around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key, the idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, 
But the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstein. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Einstein beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo. Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom moth levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. From all of us here at MyPillow, thanks for Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N.
This is Brandon J. Weikert, author of The Shadow War, Ron's Quest for Supremacy, and you're listening to Tim Tap, Tap into the Truth. Break. Before we get back into the action, I do have a very serious question that I need to ask you, and that is, in this age of Bidenomics, have you put any thought whatsoever into using physical gold or silver to help diversify your holdings, to help protect your hard-earned wealth? If you have, but you're not real sure exactly where to start, I would highly recommend you check out the premier conservative gold company, the gold company I use, the folks that I trust. I'm talking about Harvard Gold Group. They're Better Business Bureau approved with five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and easy to sell. They've got a low price guarantee. They have a large amount of free promotional gold and silver with qualifying purchases. So it's worth giving them a call just to find out what it takes to qualify for some of that free promotional gold. I mean, if you're going to get some, Anyway, uh, you might as well take advantage of what's available, right? We're literally talking about up to $15,000 worth of promotional gold and silver, again, with those highest level qualifying purchase. Now, whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or just have some gold in hand, give Harvard Gold Group a call. Uh, you can give them that uh, call at 8 Four four nine seven seven gold. That's eight four four nine seven seven four six five three. Or you can visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. If you go the online route, be sure to use promo code TAP T A P P. Uh, if you give them a call, they should ask you how you heard about uh, them. But whether they ask you or not, be sure that you tell them. Make sure you mention Tap into the Truth or Tim Tap or shoot. You can even just say hey. T-A-P-P, baby. They're going to know what you're talking about, and that will qualify you for an additional $250 of free promotional gold or silver. So, again, that's 844-977-GOLD, 844-977-4653, or just drop by harvardgoldgroup.com. Either way, you're in good shape. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show again uh, a multi-time guest. He is the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, the author of Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life, and the reason he's here talking about the current topic with us, his most recent book, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show Brandon J. Wichard. Brandon, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight. Before we jump into today's topic, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, there's stuff going on, and we might as well jump right in. Uh, obviously, we have had American servicemen murdered at the hands of terrorists operating under the auspice of <sighs> puppets, we'll say, uh, of the Iranian regime. We now officially today have began this extended bombardment, this retaliation for the death of American servicemen. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that first, but I really want to start off with uh, letting you, since you're the expert in the field, uh, help to establish to the listener exactly how much responsibility Iran truly has 
when it comes to the loss of life of these American servicemen. And then we'll circle back around to how much responsibility the Biden administration has. Okay. Well, that's great because um, there is some confusion here because the intelligence community, our intelligence community yesterday, issued a bizarre statement saying that they weren't convinced that Iran has total operational control over these proxy groups that killed those three U.S. servicemen and women. Of course, that is a completely inaccurate assessment. They are, they are saying that to try to give cover to the Biden administration, which is scrambling right now because they're trying to avoid being blamed for letting this happen as part of their failed uh, outreach policy to Iran. And so the proxies that attacked our troops that killed those three servicemen and women they are 100% doing so according to the orders of Iran. And that is also true of what Hamas did to Israel on October 7th. It's true of whatever Hezbollah is planning to do uh, from Lebanon. And it's true of what the Houthis have been doing also to global shipping. This is a coordinated strike by Iran. These proxies work for them. So do not be confused. This is Iran attacking us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Iran has gotten accustomed to being able to operate through their proxies. They project this power and strength. Everybody in the region knows it. All of the people that associate with them, uh, Russia, China, North Korea, they all know it. Uh, there is this network that's established. Uh, times got kind of lean for these proxy operators uh, during the Trump administration, uh, times were kind of lean for them before the Obama administration. But suddenly right. pallets of cash become available and then turn around and under the Biden regime, again, we open up uh, billions of dollars available, even though technically only millions were supposed to be transferred and they were supposed to jump through hoops to get it. Uh, the Iranians – uh, officials were saying point blank, ha, uh, that's a joke. Our money's our money. We'll use it the way we want. Uh, right. It's absurd to, to even pretend otherwise. But let's let's play devil's advocate. Excuse me, tongue tied for a second. Devil's <laughs> advocate for a second, Brandon. Let's pretend as if this uh, intelligence uh, assessment is relatively correct. Well, let's say that Iran doesn't have full operational control. The fact that they use the qualifier full tells right. you that they know they have significant. Right. But even if they didn't, they still provide the funding, the training, the military expertise, and a majority of the weapons and firepower. Right. That makes them responsible enough as far as I'm concerned. What do you think? I agree completely, and that's why I think that there is no uh, there's no daylight between Iran and its proxies. And, um, you know, they don't have to always be just accepting this argument for a moment even if they weren't in direct control, they don't have to be. These groups, as you noted, are trained, funded, uh, you know, given intelligence and, and all the like, uh, given weapons by Iran. So, of course, these groups are going to try to keep Iran happy. But, of course, I know for a fact that these groups are receiving direct orders uh, from Iran. And, in fact, the Hamas attack on October 7th was likely done because the Iranians were worried that Israel and Saudi Arabia were moving too close together in an anti-Iran alliance. And so they got Hamas to attack Israel in such a way that it would force Israel to strike back at Gaza, the Arabs in Gaza, which would force the Saudi government to distance itself 
from Israel because the Saudi government is afraid of their own people, and their people in Saudi Arabia are very much in favor of the Gaza Arabs' struggle. And so this, is, this was yet another example, the Houthi thing. The Iranians ordered the Houthis to attack global shipping because they wanted to weaken the United States and the rest of the world economically. They wanted to basically put us in a position where to end the pain, we would negotiate with Iran and give them whatever they wanted. It hasn't happened that way yet, but this is why these groups are attacking when they are and how they are. Yeah. And the bottom line here is, Brandon, is they know Biden will knuckle under. We've already seen it. We've got Joe Biden literally going through Michigan on the campaign stops trying to get the Muslim Americans right. there to, to jump on their side by making all these promises. Oh, we're going to put sanctions on the Israelis that were right. living in disputed territories. We're going to pressure uh, Israel to, to not finish the job, and we're not going to do the things that should be done. There is this open fear that uh, by large swaths of Democratic supporters that this could escalate into World War III. And unfortunately, what they don't understand is the way that it's being handled now is what would be most likely to take us down this route. If we took something more akin exactly. to Ronald Reagan, where we uh, just step up and say, all right, we're going to sink a large percentage of your Navy. We're going to take out some of your Air Force. We're going to smack right. you hard right now, and this is just us warming up. This is your warning. Right. Try us. Iran does not want a direct conflict with us, especially given the situation within their own borders where just a, a strong enough nudge could topple them because the Iranian people uh, are still openly protesting over the murder of this Kurdish girl who was showing a little bit of hair through her hijab. And the the international media doesn't even want to talk about it anymore, but those protests have not dropped down. They've not backed off. Right. Uh, the Iranian people are pushing hard. It wouldn't take but a little bit of belief that they could get some help That's to right. topple that regime, and the Ayatollah knows it. Right, absolutely, and this is why they're pushing forward now with this attack plan, because they can't be certain – that Donald Trump is not going to win in November. And, of course, if Trump does win, as we saw with his first term, that's a whole new ball game. The Iranians are scared of him because he has a tendency to kill their leaders when they least expect it. And so this is why they're trying to do all this now in the last, what, eight, nine months uh, before the American election, because they know Biden's weak. Another thing about Biden, he keeps talking about, I am, I'm a doing this attack. I'm always, you know, doing the thing that, that, that you know, I'm supposed to be doing. But in fact, what he's doing is he's putting on a big show. What he does is he will alert those he's targeting for attack, like the Houthis a couple weeks ago, or in this case, now these, the Ketayeb Hezbollah and these other kind of smaller pro Iranian proxy groups that attacked us a week ago, what he'll do is he'll notify them that, hey, we're coming. We're going to hit here. And so and he'll tell them when we're coming. And so that gives them all the time they need to move their people and their equipment out of the way of our bombs so that they can remain operationally intact. And the reason Biden is doing this is because he doesn't actually want to destroy these groups because he's worried if he does destroy these groups, it's going to send the Iranians on a tear, and he won't be able to get them to sit at the table and negotiate with him. So Biden has already pre-surrendered. So all of this stuff we're seeing now in the Middle East with him attacking Syria because of the Iranian attack or attacking the Houthis, 
It is a wag the dog moment. It is entirely for show. It is absolutely ineffectual. And these groups are going to continue to have combat effectiveness because he is not allowing our people to completely blitz the bejesus out of these groups from the air. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we're seeing reports all day today about several members, especially top levels of, Islam, of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard, going underground, going into hiding, yeah. uh, because they knew it was coming. They've telegraphed yeah. every move. You exactly. can't go blow up an empty warehouse and expect that that's going to have the effect right. Uh, of slowing these folks down and you mentioned pre-surrender that's what they're working on uh, too when it comes to uh, uh, Hamas within Gaza they're already looking at ways of recognizing a Palestinian state and it's like under what guise there's no government there that's actually got the power to institute you've got no borders you've got no way to even justify their existence um, as an independent state all you have that comes close to leadership i'm sorry go ahead well i'm just saying i was just adding on they've already proven that they can't be trusted they will elevate hamas into positions of power and then hamas will use gaza uh, independent Palestine potentially as a base to attack the Israelis even more. So it's it's a non-starter if you ask me. Uh, it certainly should be. Uh, it certainly falls into the category right. of bad policy, but that's almost all we're getting exclusively from the Biden administration, and we really shouldn't be surprised by any of it, given the fact that here we are. Uh, we, in fact, we were you were one of the first guests uh, shortly after. Uh, the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, right. and we commented then that the entire world just became a whole lot less safe, and That's all we've right. seen is every move since then, including uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the fact that you know China right now is trying to evaluate yeah. Trump's possibilities of winning because they know they're going to have to move into Taiwan early yeah. enough that they can really uh, dig right. in to make sure nobody tries to expel them uh, under a new regime. So it is a scary thing. Uh, I don't understand why more average Americans aren't seeing this for themselves, especially those that uh, do follow the news a little closer than average. Now, you and me, uh, people like us, uh, Brandon, we know that we're we're ahead of the curve when it comes to following news because we're kind of junkies. It's important for what we do. And the average American sometimes can be anywhere from three to five days later on a breaking news story than what we knew about. And sometimes it can be more than a month before stuff that we knew was happening that they'll even hear about, and then they still don't normally hear about it correctly. Uh, This is just – we're entering a very dangerous phase uh, given the fact that the adults, as they pretended to be, who are supposed to be in charge, they don't seem to understand how things work within the Middle East. Things have worked that way for a certain way. You exactly. have to project strength in order exactly. to have a seat at the table. Otherwise, you're just making yourself a target. And unfortunately, that's what this administration is doing to us right now. Yes, and in fact, uh, my colleague Greg Copley has joked in the past that he believes Joe Biden's entire purpose is to make Jimmy Carter look like a good president. Because uh, right now, Joe Biden is basically making Carter look like a wonderful leader because he is so awful. 
He has got his arms in every situation. Biden consistently has his arms wrapped around the wrong policy, whether it's the economy, whether it's something with social policy, whether certainly these foreign policies, Biden tends to be on the wrong side of every issue, or if he's not on the wrong side, he's coming up with the wrong policy. And we're seeing that play out with dangerous effect in the Middle East. Because let me tell you something, the reason I wrote the shadow war, it was a warning because I I knew that Ukraine was heating up. I knew China was heating up with Taiwan. But the real spark that's going to start a world war, if we do have a world war soon, it's going to be in the Middle East, and it's going to be over Iran's place in the Middle East. And that is what this whole situation with Iran is about. It's a lot like Germany in the two world wars. Germany fought the way they did because they wanted a stronger place in Europe, and the Europeans didn't want that. the powers that be at the time, understandably. And the same thing with Iran. Iran wants a better position geopolitically in the region, and so they're willing to go to war for it, and they're going to go to war for it. They already are, and they're going to use these unconventional tactics to get what they want with Iran, I mean, sorry, with Russia and China backing their every play. And by the way, China's hidden hand is seen and felt in every one of these crises, whether it's Iran and the Middle East, or the Ukraine situation, the situation between Venezuela and Guyana, the illegal immigration invasion that's going on right now at our southern border, or now the possibility of obviously a Chinese attack on Taiwan. China is creating chaos everywhere for America. That way they can use chaos in China as a ladder to climb to the top and knock the Americans off. And the Iranians and the Russians and the Venezuelans, the Cubans, the North Koreans, they're all going to help them do it. Yeah. All right. One last question uh, before we uh, start saying our goodbyes tonight, Brandon. Is there any legitimate reason why we shouldn't take the same approach that Reagan did? Is there any reason why we shouldn't sink the Iranian Navy, take a big chunk out of their Air Force, make it impossible for them to directly wage war as that warning, or is, how are we just too far down this road and those proxies already have too much in the way of weaponry for that to send the message to all of them? No, no, it's not too late. It's, it's our leadership doesn't want to do it. I think that the Reagan example is great. You know, Reagan didn't directly attack Iran during the whole 1980s tanker war. What he did was, as you said, is he sunk the Iran Navy. He went after the Iran Air Force. He went after proxies in the region. That's exactly what we should do, because what that did was after several months, it basically stopped the Iranians cold. And what I would argue then after we do, if we were to do that, which we should take out those proxies, take out the Iranian Navy if necessary, cut off the limbs for this monster, then have it limp back to the to the cage that it had originally been kept in. And then we get the Saudis and the Israelis to finalize the security alliance that Iran tried to break up and that Trump had started to build with the Abraham Accords. We get them to finalize it, and we get them, like NATO in the Cold War with the Soviet Union, we get the Iran, the Israelis and the uh, Saudis to contain Iran until the people of Iran stand up and overthrow that regime like the Russian people did to the Communist Party in 1989. That is exactly what will happen. And if we just give it a little nudge, we won't ever have to invade Iran. The people of Iran will take care of it for us. All right. Well, it is reassuring to me to to hear somebody else 
say some things that uh, I happen to think to be the case. So now I know I'm not entirely crazy on my own, Brandon. Thank <laughs> you for that much. Uh, real quick, uh, please let everybody know where they can where they can find your work. Uh, share any websites that you want to. Uh, feel free sure. if you're still inviting people to follow you on social media to hand out Absolutely. those handles and the platforms. And yep. you're welcome to throw out any final thoughts you'd like as well. Well, thank you. Uh, you can find me. I'm on Twitter, Truth Social, Getter, under the same handle, at we the Brandon. Uh, you can find my writings. Uh, right now I'm pretty much at um, theweikertreport.com, although I am getting ready to start a pretty big substack on national security soon, so I will make an announcement the next time I'm on your show. Um, and you can also get my books wherever they're sold. I would say online because that tends to be the safest place to find them. Uh, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble. Um, and my final thought would be, um, you know, stand strong. Um, you know, the, the, it's always darkest before dawn. And, you know, right now it's very bleak. Um, but I think there is a chance that the American people get it right in November. And if we get a new president, likely Trump, as the alternative to Biden, I guarantee you things are going to, in the Middle East at least, things are going to get really good for us really quick because the, the Iranians fear Trump. They fear the mad orange king. <laughs> As well they should. Uh, he proved that he's willing to hit them wherever they're at. All right. Again, thank you so much for coming on with us tonight, Brandon. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And I appreciate, I especially appreciate the fact that you just said next time we get together, because I never assume yes. that's going to happen. But it's always great to have the guests say that. I think that. I'm a regular now, so we might as well keep it up. <laughs> I, I certainly agree. Uh, you keep up the great work, Brandon, and thank we will talk you. again soon. God bless. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Brandon Wichard. And, of course, I highly recommend all three of his great books. Uh, so check them out. I'll put links in the show description if you're listening to the podcast or if you're listening live. But when I look up the podcast later, uh, there will be links in the show description so you can click it there if you missed it. Also, by the way, while I'm mentioning the podcast, I do want to remind you I am doing shorter podcasts through the week now as well. Uh, headlines you may have missed kind of thing so far. We'll have some conspiracy corners here and there. We'll uh, mix it up moving forward but if you are listening to the live show but not checking out the podcast version uh, that's a good reason to do it meanwhile let's reset the hour let's take the break don't go anywhere hour number two starts right after this I'm going right there somewhere 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 I know I'll find you somehow and somehow I'll This is Tim Tap, host of Tap Into the Truth that you can hear every Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on the K-Star Talk Radio Network, Liberty Talk FM, ZMA Radio, and the Vera Network.
battle author and speaker and media commentator, and you're listening to Tim Tap on Tapping the Truth. everybody thank you so very much for being here as we dive headlong into hour number two uh still a lot of great guests a lot of great conversation upcoming uh good the bad the ugly hmm the good uh governor abbott of texas at least on this count um ron DeSantis for sending more national guard troops to help stand guard uh all of the 25 republican governors who have Issued support. Uh, the bad. Mm, the Biden administration for having a feckless policy that only hurts America. Even the people that they claim to represent the most because, you know, there's some labor unions that aren't exactly feeling great about a, an unchecked swath of illegals coming across. Uh, a lot of these folks are dangerous. But some of them are legitimately just coming here to try to, to find work and to have economic opportunity. And those are the ones that are taking jobs away from Americans, and that hurts the status of the labor union. So, hmm, uh, the ugly. Well, the ugly is how this common sense issue has become so hyper-political and so charged with apparently one political party in this country being so anti-American that they're forcing states to do the job of the federal government. I've got Richard V. Battle, who's going to be joining us here in just a second to talk about these topics and more. But before we do that, I do need to remind you that even now, with, without terrorism being in the equation – Two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, by the way. You could be out there sitting in the dark, cold for hours, days, maybe even weeks, depending on the reason why. The question is, are you ready to protect your family? Well, our friends over at 4Patriots would like to remind you that you could be if you've got a Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. 2000X power. <laughs> Doug in the control room, by the way, is showing all of his four Patriots up. He is prepared. He's going to have to start digging his extra bunker space to start putting his stuff to the side. Look, these generators, all you have to do is ask somebody who has one already, and they'll tell you that they're worth their weight in gold. <laughs> He's even bringing his water purifier out now. And that's a pretty good one right there, buddy. I tell you what. It's the Patriot Pure. <laughs> I, I, he's He's got more of a collection now than I do. That's fantastic. But anyway, these generators are great. The new 2000X has double the capacity of the earlier version. It's expandable, and it can run big appliances like refrigerators and can run them for even longer than what they could before. You need other devices going, uh, electric blankets, microwaves, an RV air conditioner, depending on where you're at in the country, uh, maybe even just an electric wheelchair. Whatever it is, you can run it with this. You also get 12 a, uh, 12 full outlets. Four of them are AC outlets. You can power more devices at once. You got two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, 
If you're somebody who knows generators, these generators, no fumes. They're safe to use inside. You never need gas, ever. There's over 150,000 Americans who already trust Patriot Power Generators. No reason why you shouldn't be one of them. Uh, visit the page that Four Patriots have put aside just for listeners of the show, fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. That's going to land you firmly on this week's deals and discounts. And at the very top, you're going to see a banner button pushed ready to go that will take you directly to the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, which is a mouthful, but the good it can do. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, these things are great. I, all I have is Patriot Power Sidekick, tiny little fella, and I love it to death. It is phenomenal. The big boys, they can do a lot. If you're in that position, if you're ready to do it, go ahead. And best of all, if you feel like you're in a position where you can't afford not to get it, but it doesn't fit neatly in your budget to buy it all at once, they do have payment plans available. Now, I don't feel comfortable recommending that you go get yourself in debt. I, I would never tell you that. Debt is slavery. Don't do it. But if you feel like you've got to have that and you feel comfortable making payments, it is an option on the table, and it never hurts to at least check. Anyway, one more time, the number four, fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. At the very least, you can see this week's deals and discounts. All right. With all that being said, let's get back to the show, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back our friend. He is a fifth-generation Texan, along with all those other things you heard, award-winning author, media personality. He is a social commentator, and uh, generally speaking, it's just a gosh darn great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back Mr. Richard V. Battle. Richard, thank you so much for coming back on with us again. How are you this Friday? Tim, good evening. Thank you so much for having us, and I appreciate the over-generous introduction. Well, I'm just making a statement of fact, so uh, I I don't see where there's an overgenerosity, but I do appreciate uh, the fact that uh, you're willing to extend that. Uh, Richard, uh, obviously, you're on for one of two reasons. We're either talking about one of your great books or we're talking about what's going on in Texas. And with the state of things in Texas right now, clearly that's what we would have to talk about, even if we were going to do something else to start with. Uh, this situation has been boiling for a while, and finally Greg Abbott has stepped up. He's sticking to his guns. We have all kinds of misinformation going on. There's so many different layers to this. Uh, let's jump in with the most recent uh, new details and things that you yourself are seeing on the ground as as a Texan. Uh, the The word now – we, we still have the Border Patrol agents, their union, they're very much supporting what Abbott and company are doing. You have the national card. You've got discussion of Democrats wanting Joe Biden to nationalize the, the, the guard so that they can take it from control, even though technically I would say that constitutionally that's a power that's reserved to Congress, not to the president. Uh, uh, the Article 1, Section 8 – Clause 15, I believe. But regardless, the most important constitutional element we're talking about here is Section 4 uh, of uh, Article 4, where it's clear 
federal government's supposed to recognize that the state has a certain amount of sovereignty and it's supposed to provide defense and when it can't it the state has the right to do so on its own what is the feeling what is the temperature in texas well texas is glad that governor abbott stepped up like you said but more importantly and there's a bigger issue here i've not heard anyone talk about uh, we are thrilled that 25 governors are sending aid to texas because we've been fighting this almost alone for the last three years there have been a few states that have helped but not many and the one good news opportunity out of this uh, i'm a believer that the states ought to have more power in the balance with the federal government and i said three years ago that this issue on the border was the opportunity to rebalance federal and state power and i think with 25 states backing texas now and i think the federal government is shocked that that happened i think they thought they could buffalo texas and we would be standing alone like normal. And ever since the 17th Amendment passed in 1913, power has gradually moved toward the federal government and away from state governments because U.S. senators represent the nation and not their state parties or legislatures. And I really think there's an opportunity here past securing the border to rebalance power. Yeah. Well, I'm actually kind of glad you mentioned that because one of the things I was going to bring up was could this be a turning point towards getting a convention of states so we actually could repeal the 17th Amendment and reestablish states' rights? Mm -hmm. Because that is something that uh, a lot of conservatives and even a lot of libertarians have been uh, talking about for a while. We get very, very close to it. Uh, I'm hopeful that this might actually end up being a turning point that can lead to a bloodless coup. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about tensions here in the country, uh, uh, a national divorce, uh, a possible second civil war, and a lot of people still want to try and make it out as if that's what's happening, like Texas is just ignoring the Supreme Court, which is not true. <laughs> that Texas is ignoring the federal uh, government's authority, which also isn't true. The The federal government has advocated its responsibility. We do not have, as a government, operational control of our southern border. At any point, Texas is trying to turn that around. And you can establish Abbott's uh, declaration of invasion – in a multitude of ways, but I think the most important way that makes the most sense that's obvious to anybody that spends two and a half seconds paying attention is that Texas is doing everything they can. Arizona doesn't have operational control of their border. California doesn't have operational control of their border. The cartels have operational control of the borders, and the local authorities can't even get permission from the federal government to shoot down cartel drones that are looking to see where the weak spots are, where they can start sneaking people and drugs across? Well, the first thing I would do is I would uh, give you a different perspective. You talked about feckless government and not having operational control, and I would submit that we are getting exactly what the federal government wants now. They are succeeding in what they want, which is importing unlimited number of illegal aliens into the country. And if they wanted to change it, 
they could have changed it with a stroke of a pen like they did when they had six executive orders on Inauguration Day getting rid of Trump orders. Uh, they could have done that. And a couple of things that are examples, a couple of weeks ago when there were 60 Republican congressional representatives that went to Eagle Pass, Texas, they showed up, and that day there were less than 100 people that crossed the border at that location. The day before, there were 4,000. And for days before that, there had been thousands and thousands and thousands. And so why, why would you think that all of a sudden there wouldn't be any when that congressional group showed up? It has to be because the cartels want the administration to succeed in what they're doing because of the money that's coming across to them. And I personally believe that there's either collaboration and or funding from the U.S. government to not only enable but to pay for these illegal aliens to travel into the United States. Yeah. Well, I, I certainly would hope not directly to the government. I, I would much prefer to think that some rogue operators within the government are just taking bribes, personal corruption. But we know that regardless of how you define it or how you break it down for a very long time, uh, a lot of folks have been looking the other way. There's been a long-standing, almost a tradition at this point, of ignoring the actual immigration laws that are on the books. We've had various presidents uh, decide that their policy was going to be handling things a certain way. And then you had the administrative law that says, well, you can't just suddenly change how you're doing things uh, without going through all the proper channels, even if what was happening before happens to be illegal. Uh, it's such a level of absurdity. It's been so long since we've actually had immigration law even attempted to be enforced. And sadly, for the longest time, it's been areas like South Texas and parts of Arizona that have really felt the brunt of it. But what we're seeing now is that even in highly democratic areas, thanks to – Abbott again and uh, uh, DeSantis in some occasions, a few other folks sending some of these people seeking sanctuary to the sanctuary cities, these districts. They're learning firsthand uh, with just a tiny taste what a lot of folks in Texas have been having to put up with for a long time, and it is starting to have the desired effect. You're starting to hear mayors and governors in places like New York and Chicago. They're still not completely on board with doing what needs to be done, but they're being drug along. You're, you're hearing them saying things that make a whole lot more sense. Uh, back to you're, Texas, though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, you're, you're correct on that, but a couple of data points. One, the federal government has transported via air generally more illegal aliens into the country, around the country, than Abbott or DeSantis have bust by thousands and thousands and thousands. We have airport, Colleen, Texas, Abilene, Texas, planes show up in the middle of the night. All of a sudden, a couple of buses roll up with illegal aliens. They load them on the plane and fly them to God only knows where. So that's one thing, and we have to remember – for the administration, it's all about the optics. They only do something when the optics look bad. A year or so ago, all of a sudden, we had this rush at the border, and the mainstream media showed up. And did the administration stop the illegal immigration? 
no. Their, pro- their deal was to improve the process, get those people across the border as fast as possible and out of sight and into the country. So it's the optics that they're concerned with. And what I believe will happen, uh, because now they're reporting that in Eagle Pass, all of a sudden, there are no crossings. And they're trying to claim that the meeting in Mexico with the U.S. government at the end of December has caused the Mexican government to all of a sudden help us. Well, I say poppycock to that. I think what is or will be happening shortly, and I'll tell you why, is that the U.S. government will be flying illegal aliens from Mexico into the U.S. without ever crossing the Rio Grande and reporting to the border agents down there. That That is what's going to happen to be able to get the optics the way they want them to, um, and I think that we will see that shortly. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're absolutely right. And to your point, uh, I know for a fact that a lot of these people were being shipped specifically to, uh, strangely enough, uh, territories and districts that were generally pretty red. They were shipping them to the places that were their political adversaries and weren't just high-density locations either. They were picking areas where they know that it would not take very long uh, for them to be the predominant population with some of these areas. Uh, you also see stuff going on like Colony Ridge uh, down in Texas where you have some folks trying to take full advantage of the fact that they know huge numbers of undocumented illegal migrants are crossing. Uh, the the crossing the, the entire idea uh, of immigration law even remotely being enforced has become such a joke. And you're right. You point out quite rightly that it is about the optics for these people. They care more about signaling virtue than they care about having virtue. And while I did mention some of these blue state and blue city governors and mayors starting to make sense, they still have yet to not ask for more money from the federal government till they realize that money's not the solution to this. Actual control of who is and who isn't coming across the border is the solution. We're not going to get to a solution. And, you know, my biggest fear at this point, uh, it comes back around, Richard, to the fact that we know that other than Mexican is predominantly who's coming across. We know tons of people from Africa. We know large numbers of people from China. We know a majority of these people that are coming across tend to be young men, uh, close to military age. We hear them talk all the time about unaccompanied minors, and usually at this point in time what they're talking about are 16- and 17-year-olds. We're not talking about 6- and 7-year-olds. We have a situation where a genuine national threat exists because – While certainly most of these people are not terrorists, it only takes a few of them to be planning on doing bad things. And they literally could be anywhere in the country right now. No place is safe. There's no such thing as just a border town anymore. And it still seems to be completely missed by this administration. And I think it still comes down to them wanting to win elections. We've seen two things going on. Uh, Richard, in the the last several months where they started pushing forward, where it's clear Democrats are still desperate to find a way to just win elections, and they don't care the cost. This effort to bring in a political underclass that they're hoping to 
just amnesty and give voting rights, and then this push for younger and younger people. In uh, New Jersey now, uh, 16- and 17-year-olds are being allowed to vote in school board elections. It's not going to be long before they lower that age and let those 16- and 17-year-olds vote in all the elections. And if it's allowed to stand, they're going to push that further. It all comes down to how they perceive their power is going to continue, and they really don't care. But that's also what's going to turn around and bite them, I think, because the American people, even the folks who have been blindly voting Democrat for a long time but still actually believe that America is something special, they're going to get fed up. There's going to be a breaking point. I just hope that we reach it at a point in time where we can take care of it at the voting box and that not very many people have to get hurt because, like I said, it only takes a few of these people to be dangerous, and then innocent Americans are going to pay a heavy price if that's the case. Well, yes, and uh, one of the other interesting things I think that's happened this week, a change. As you know and said, uh, we had mayor of New York, Chicago, governor of Massachusetts start squealing about the cost. But if you noticed here in the last week or so, they've been pretty quiet. And I believe, and there's been some reporting that included in this Senate bill that they're negotiating and supposed to vote on next week, I believe that's where the city bailout money is going to be that they've been asking for. And I believe the administration's probably told them, hey, cool it. Uh, get off our back right now. We're working on this. We'll have a check for you pretty soon, and it'll be billions and billions of dollars that's going to be taxes that our kids will have to pay well beyond their lifetimes to pay for. And this whole issue breaks down into three things, and it's going to be the number one issue in this year's election, despite the Democrats trying to get it off the front page, and that is national security, as you just mentioned, economic security, and we're seeing that with the cost in the communities now, and health security, and we're seeing diseases come back into the U.S. that were eradicated 50 to 75 years ago. And as you said, people, and it won't take many to attack us, to have a terror attack that would make 9-11 look small. Now, I do think that there will be people holding back on that until after the election because they realize if there's a terror attack on U.S. soil, I think that will help Donald Trump's campaign versus Joe Biden's. Yeah. Well, you're probably right about that, but, you know, when I'm thinking about my fellow Americans being in harm's way, uh, I, I want action taken now. But but yeah, you're right. Uh, they're going to hold off. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, I want action on our end now. I'm talking about on their end. These sleeper cells, I think, yeah. are going to be held back because they they don't want this administration harmed. They like what's going on right now. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you mentioned the uh, economic support. You know, in order to get that kind of funding to these locations, that's going to require some help from some Republicans in the House in order to make that yes. happen. Do you think we've got enough folks on the Republican side that they're willing to, to help Biden buy off uh, these mayors so they'll quieten down to increase Biden's uh, not-so-great odds but still uh, technically a, uh, a shot at getting reelected? Well, unfortunately, yes. And in the Senate where they're negotiating this bill, and of course there's only four or five people that have seen what's going on, but it supposedly includes Ukraine money, money for Israel, uh, and money for the border, 
So that's three big issues. And, of course, the bailout money would be stuck in the middle there someplace uh, as well. And we're supposedly supposed to see the bill in the next 24 to 48 hours. They're supposed to vote on it at the end of next week. And I'm afraid there will be too many squishy Republicans who will want to do it, either justifying it by the Ukraine or Israel and just throwing the border in. And, of course, they will be told that the border will become more secure when in all likelihood it will just increase the processing speed to help these illegals get on the path to citizenship faster. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, anything that we put in that actually would be effective, one word within the bill can change whether or not it makes a bit of difference. If if we have the wording that says uh, remain in Mexico, for example, must occur, or if we say may occur, then that leaves it up again to the uh, chief executive as to whether or not he wants to do it. So he could take a big deal, make big promises, and turn around, stab everybody in the back, especially American citizens, and still claim that he lived up to the expectations. And like you, I think with everything else going on, they'll bury it so deep into the bill and only give 20 minutes to freaking try to read and find it. Uh, it's absurd. It's ridiculous what they're doing. Uh, again, yes. uh, Richard, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're already quickly running out of time. Uh, and with a conversation this big, we probably should have made a bigger block oh. of time to talk about it. And we probably should do that sometime real soon. But in the meanwhile, I want to definitely yeah. give you the opportunity to let everybody know where they can find your work, share your website. Uh, it, as long as you're inviting people to follow you on social media, the handles, and the platforms that you want out there, and any final thoughts you want to share as well. Well, I appreciate that, and uh, Richard V. Battle, at Richard V. Battle on X. Uh, RichardBattle.com is my website where you can see about my speaking and books. I've published 10 books that are all uplifting, motivational. As a, as a person I know says, they're not self-help books. They're like good advice from a friend. That's what I try to do in giving uplifting, motivational messages. They're on Amazon, other booksellers, including Kindle and Audio, all books from the website richardbattle.com are signed. We have a lot of books that people give for gifts, and if you order on the website and then send me an email, richard at richardbattle.com, I'm happy to inscribe them for the recipients. All right, Richard, again, thank you so much for your time and energy. Uh, there was just so much stuff going on. I felt like we were just bouncing back and forth and didn't really get to dig in to any of it like I would like to. But, uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff. Uh, God bless Texas. And, again, God bless you as well. Everything that you do uh, through the books and through all your other efforts, you guys, you're, you're phenomenal, sir. I appreciate everything you do. Godspeed to you. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much. We look forward to talking again soon, and God bless America. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Richard B. Battle. If you haven't already picked up some of his books by now, if you're a regular listener, then, uh, guys, come on. I can't encourage you any more than I already have, but I'm going to keep encouraging you. They're great books, all of them. Uh, check them out. Uh, there will be links in the show description if you're listening to the podcast to at least a couple of them over at Amazon. In the meanwhile... Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. This is Matt Fitzgibbons. This is Amy Hallam. This is AZ. Sharing the night. 
First things first, no country on earth is free. Not one. Next, which country has the most people in prison, many of whom are political prisoners, like the J6ers? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's Space from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, which country has the most laws? The United States. So when people talk about the land of the free, what they are actually saying is, we built a society based on the illusion of freedom. Of course, there is no freedom. Because absolute freedom leads to anarchy. So I'm not advocating absolute freedom. Look at Russia. All Russians respect their nation, their flag, etc. You can be Christian. You can be Muslim in Russia. But they all identify as Russians. And when they are attacked externally, they unify. Americans don't have that. Half the American people hate our flag and our republic. They've turned the different people against one another, such as females against men. Nothing unifies Americans but the illusion of freedom. So when you have the most laws on earth with the illusion of freedom, the government encourages people to do insignificant things but tries to inhibit them from doing important things, like raising your children correctly. We need liberty or freedom with responsibility. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where. Go to theronedwards.com. The second goal is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueEdgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. While also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know. 
I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yep, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at redballoon.work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett from redballoon.work. Check us out today. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. This is Mark Burrell from Defend American Liberty, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap Him to the Truth. Here comes the sun, here comes the sun, I say it's all right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. Real quick, I need to remind you that for a very limited time, still available the holiday buy one get one half price promotion with banish holsters ongoing uh if you're going to take advantage of it you got to do it quick our our relationship uh their particular uh ad campaign is coming to an end they're moving in a different direction they're moving away from podcast and independent radio and uh, they're moving towards a different outlet they're staying on social media and they're going to put their money elsewhere but they've been very happy with it it's just they need to get a bigger bite of the pie, evidently. So you've got officially until next Friday, February 9th, uh, before the official end of the campaign. After that, I don't know how much longer they will honor the discount with the web page for this show. So what I'm telling you is if you've been putting it off and putting it off, now's the time to go ahead. Go visit www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, go do it right away uh, so that you can take advantage of this great deal where you can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at that discount and then get a second one for half off that discounted rate. Perfect if you want to have and presumably use the world's most comfortable holster and then give one to a friend or a family member. And hey, no judgment if you just want to have two of them. <laughs> That's up to you. Also, real quick, I want to remind you that if you've been thinking about uh, utilizing gold or silver, physical gold or silver, to help uh, hedge against inflation, protect your hard-earned uh, wealth, uh, I would highly recommend you call the premier conservative gold company, the gold company that I do business with, the folks that I trust, Harvard Gold Group. Call for their free investor's guide today. Whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or just have some gold in hand, call Harvard Gold Group at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or 
visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Just be sure to use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P. Qualifies you for some additional promotional gold and silver for free with a qualifying purchase, and they already offer a huge amount. Just give them a call, find out what that qualifying purchase is. Again, that's 844-977-GOLD or harvardgoldgroup.com. Now, it is time to welcome back to the show a uh, gentleman that it's been a little while since he's been here with us, but you remember those conversations. They've been powerful. We're talking about the author of Rediscovering the American Covenant. He's got a brand new book coming out here in March, so be on the lookout for it. It's The Duty is Ours, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the show. Mark Burrell. Mark, uh, thank you so much for coming back on with us. It's always a, a pleasure to get to speak with you. Before we jump into anything, how are you doing today? Tim, it's great to be with you again, and thanks for having me back. I'm doing great, except I'm um, very troubled for where my country's headed, as I'm sure most of your listeners are. Uh, we're in a heap of trouble, and so it's really important that we get clear on what the root cause is behind what's happening, and that's what I talk about in both books, the one that's out that you referenced and the one that's coming out. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it does seem I, – I don't think I've ever had as much difficulty trying to fit everything into a show that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> it, it, there's just so many different things happening. But you mentioned root cause, and the root cause of a lot of it – kind of goes back to a few simple things, and a lot of that uh, is right up your field of expertise because it is the fact that we have kind of lost track of what the American covenant really is. We've lost track of the fact that Christians are honor-bound and duty-called with expectations on them for how to behave in public life, and that includes the body politic, but it also includes modeling uh, behaviors and establishing expectations uh, for themselves and for their families. And when we say for themselves, we mean not just virtue signaling, but actually living those values. And that is a lot of the messaging that just seems to get overlooked. We live in a time where the culture scoffs at Christianity. It targets Christianity. Uh, I've been talking quite a bit the last few days about the similarities between the J6 defendants, how they're being treated through the judicial system, and now how this same uh, Biden DOJ is targeting Christians who were standing up against the murder of pre-born baby humans. Uh, and it all comes down to the fact that these folks are targeting people for having a different set of beliefs. And so it's a dangerous time. Christian, uh, even here in the United States, the danger here is in being persecuted in a fashion that might put you in jail. Uh, fortunately, it's not as bad as being persecuted in certain other parts of the world right now where uh, literally just having a Bible can get you executed. We're not that far yet, but it's so un-American. We need to fix that. So is the new book, The Duty is Ours, is this a follow-up for rediscovering the American Covenant, or is this uh, simply a different look for a completely different path for a whole new message where they just kind of uh, complement each other, but they stand alone? So it's a different look at the same issue. In the first book, I really got into a lot of detail around the history behind the American founding. I talk about the theology behind the American founding, and that's 
really what compelled me to write the, the first book was realizing upon researching in the Bible, you know, what does it say about nations and God's expectations for nations and what he desires for nations? The fact that he wants us to be fruitful, and then he gives us all this information on how to do that. And so the first book was really meant to, to answer all of those questions for uh, really pastors and church leaders who have really accepted the progressive narrative on the, the American founding, the fact that it was, well, they say, you know, it was founded on institutional racism, and so, and many other things. And so what I try and do in the first book is answer all of that as succinctly as I could, but yet have one spot where a pastor could pick it up and read through it and have most of the critical issues and objections that they have been raising for decades now thoughtfully addressed. But, uh, but it's a thick book. <laughs> so, uh, in doing the interviews, actually, for that book, it caused me to continue to crisp up the message. And, and over time, what I realized is that I needed to do a book that would be more for the general person in any congregation, something much more readable, shorter, and, and the way I approach this is to answer five basic questions. And the first question is, what does God expect from the nations of the world? Second question, whom does God call to govern justly? Third question, what is the proper response from Christians when, governing, when being governed justly? Fourth question, what's the correct response from Christians when being governed unjustly, which is what's happening now, and then lastly, what is the process of restoring a wayward nation back to God? So I try and answer those questions, Tim, as succinctly as I can. I, I back it all up with Scripture, uh, but this book has, I think, 40 citations versus the first one that has about 250. Uh, it's uh, roughly, I think it's about 100 pages with some additional Q&A in the back. And the other thing that I do, Tim, that I haven't seen anywhere is just a crisp summary of the theology of civil government. So just like if you went to your church and asked for a doctrinal statement, you'd probably get a short list of statements. Usually it's 10 to 12 or so. They say things like, you know, we believe Jesus is the Son of God and died on the cross for our sins, that kind of thing. I, I address this question of what does the Bible say about civil government? In about 10, 10 questions, there's some sub-answers, but... Uh, it's 10 statements, that is. And, and I really try and do that as succinctly as possible. And I realized as I was writing this book that, that that's sorely needed in the church, just a very crisp, biblical rebuttal to how we – really the duty that we have, which is why the title of the book is The Duty is Ours, which is a, a quote from John Quincy Adams. And, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do with the second book. I'm trying to give everyone a much more readable – and direct answer to the question of what is America all about and what do we need to do in order to turn our nation back to God? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, the message is sorely needed, especially in the Christian church, as a lot of uh, yeah. folks have either stepped back for fear that they would have their tax-exempt status removed if they got too political, uh, because that, of course, would hurt the church, especially smaller churches, ability to work and operate within the communities and do the most good. Now, there comes a time where that needs to be the secondary concern as opposed to preaching the gospel and standing up and doing the right thing for your communities. But 
uh, it is a still an understandable concern, and it makes sense. Uh, you've unfortunately had way too many uh, churches, regardless of denomination within the Christianity family, uh, kind of fall into this leftist narrative that somehow uh, the Gospels yeah. are uh, from a bygone time and they're no longer relevant and, and all of this. But what you're really doing is you're helping to reestablish all of the uh, the framing mechanisms. Yeah. If you just accept yep. the left's offer, when we know that the left is anti-religion, they don't like any religion. They'll play nice with a few of them here and there, but they hate religion because people of faith are never going to step back and let themselves just be taken care of by the government. The government is never going to be their guiding principle, their guiding star. People of faith are going to stand up and try to live that faith, and that's why the left doesn't like them. And Christianity stands strongest among us because that's what helped build this particular nation. And so much right. of the founding principles, uh, the very concept of individual liberty comes from the Christian faith. But what you're doing is you're helping to kind of reframe all of those political uh, questions. So, you know, without going too deep, because obviously we want people to pick up a copy when it becomes available, uh, but we can give them a little preview of some of the great stuff that's in there. How do you recommend that patriots, uh, Christian patriots, go about reframing some of the bigger political questions uh, that are currently ongoing? So I think one of the most powerful messages that we need to reestablish in the Church is this idea of our duty to the things that we commit to. And the founding of America rests solely on the Declaration of Independence, which I assert is our national founding covenant. When you read the, the first sentence in the Constitution, it says, you know, we, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union— and so the question is, well, what's the basis of that union? And the answer is, it's solely the Declaration of Independence. And when you realize that, and even just focus on the first paragraph, the fact that, that our founders believed that we all have a right to live according to the law of nature and of nature's God, that's a direct reference to the moral law as known through conscience, and the specific moral law as delivered by the Ten Commandments. And I show I have the quotes that justify that's exactly what they meant. And so what they're really saying there is that we have a responsibility to ensure that not only we can live that way, but our neighbors can live that way. Most Christians would say, yeah, I love my neighbor and I want to help them and they want to evangelize. And that's all good. But the first thing we're supposed to do is defend each other's liberty, your civil liberty your religious liberty. And, and really, it's an amazing principle when you just take the time to study it and recognize that that comes directly from the Bible. In fact, that is the operative principle behind the American founding, the fact that when a government governs unjustly for a long period of time with no intent of changing course, they become illegitimate and forfeit their God-given responsibility to govern. That's exactly what happened in the 1770s, and it's also what's happening today. And I think we have to first get in touch with those biblical truths and, and really meditate on them 
so that you have the conviction to understand that this is our duty, and, and it's an extension of our faith. And once you have that knowledge and you gain that conviction, then you can really start to stand and, and you know, converse, perhaps object, or, you know, uh, petition, do, do the kinds of things that we're going to have to do in order to get the attention of our authorities and letting them know that you're, you're becoming illegitimate because of all the ways in which you're governing immorally. And that's really the, the key message behind the American founding. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing that has always struck me. Uh, when when you take the time to actually look at our true founding, the true history, not these new false narratives like the 1619 Project and these right. efforts at anti-racism because just not being racist isn't good enough anymore. For these uh, Marxists who want to destroy the republic, uh, if you look at the truth, uh, to see the true founding, uh, read the – Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers and really get into the arguments and discussions at the time and how the founding occurred. And even just from the moment that we declared our independence until we actually won that independence, if you've never experienced a miracle, if you've ever had a crisis of faith, if you've questioned even the existence of God, you look at that and you really delve into it. There is no other explanation for how a group That's of right. farmers outlasted <laughs> a world superpower with a, a little bit of help with some French pirates other than divine uh, intervention. There's just no other explanation. So that alone, if you truly read the history and, as you say, meditate on it, there's no other conclusion you can get. If that's not enough to believe in Christianity and the prevalence of why this is such a grand experiment and that we do have that covenant, we do have a special role in history, uh, then nothing else will get you there. Uh, Mark, uh, I'm looking at the clock, and same thing happens when you're having good conversation. It goes by way too quick. Uh, please – let everybody know where they can find your work, share the websites, if you're still inviting people to follow you on social media anywhere, whether through the organizations or personally, feel free to share the handles and the platforms. And uh, please, any final thoughts you want to put out there, go ahead and do that as well. Yeah, so I have a website, defendamericanliberty.com. Uh, you can look me up there. Uh, I am. I do speak at churches, and, and my goal is to to really help churches gain the conviction, really just rediscover their their faith in this area, because it it really isn't a side issue, as you know, Tim. It's it's becoming the issue, and a key part of our faith that we're all going to have to really declare one way or the other. And so, one of my burdens is I really want Christians to have to be able to stand on the conviction of the truth that are, that's in the Bible. And I want to help them get there. And so you can contact me if you go to that website. You can also buy a copy of the book, the first book there. I'll be adding the second book soon. Uh, you can also find me on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Uh, I am on uh, Facebook, although I have to admit I'm not as active as I need to be. I've been busy writing over the last eight months, uh, but I'll probably get more uh, active on those social media platforms um, going forward. But I, I do want to leave just encouraging your audience that 
this really is the key to understanding the American founding. It's recognizing that the operative principle was when you have a governing authority that's governing immorally, you need to stand up and, and uh, object to it. You need to push back. And that is exactly what the founders did in 1776. And we are certainly experiencing um, the, the kind of immoral rule that they experience, arguably far worse when you look at what, what's happened to the unborn and uh, the institution of the family, the attack on gender. You, you know the list, right? Uh, clearly, they have gone way beyond. And it's time that we stand up and articulate that very clearly. And then we need to recommit to our covenant. That's the biblical roadmap in order to get God to engage in the same way that he did during the Revolutionary War. Because as you said, it was highly improbable that a bunch of farmers would beat the empire of the world, yet that's what happened. All right, Mark. Again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I certainly hope we get a chance to get back together again real soon and delve in a little more, especially after uh, uh, March and the release of the new book, because I'd love to get uh, updates on how well that's going. Uh, As always, sir, appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, Thank you so much for all your effort and uh, Godspeed to you. Keep it up. Yep. Thank you, Tim. God bless. Good night. Good night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mark Burrell. Again, if you don't already have a copy of Rediscovering the American Covenant, uh, I highly recommend you uh, look into it. And uh, mark your calendars now. March 24th is the currently scheduled release date of the new book, The Duty is Ours. Uh, Now, I want to talk to you for just a second uh, about Hero Soap. I know, I know. I haven't mentioned Hero Soap in a while. I have paying sponsors, and that's what I focus on. And and I feel like we spend too much time talking about the paying sponsors as it is. I mean, I, I love talking about them. They're great products. They're great companies. And I certainly highly recommend you check them all out. Everybody from uh, MyPillow to, uh, of course, uh, Harvard Gold Group, who are two of the newest ones. Uh, obviously, Vanish Holsters, who they're going a different route soon, but they're a great product, and they've been very good to the show. And, of course, for Patriots, they're phenomenal. But I do still have affiliate uh, associations with other folks, too, which means I get a little piece if you go buy it. And there is no better example of an America first company that I've come across uh, other than Hero Soap. They do all these fantastic things. They have two. One, two. They have two limited run scents that are currently ongoing uh, that they have brought out and rolled out for Valentine's Day, which, by the way, if you haven't already started thinking about Valentine's Day, uh, you've only got a little time left. The 14th is coming up very quickly, guys. Uh, But They have these two new flavors. I'm going to put a link in the show description that will take you specifically to these two limited versions. Now, normally, if you are visiting any of the direct speakers, uh, I put links to Hero Soap directly in there. This time, I'm going to take you directly to their Rose Edition, uh, a luxurious lather that gently cleanses and nourishes your skin, leaving it feeling soft and smooth. You know, if you are a lady and you love it, uh, that's the one for you. But you know what? The folks at Hero Soap also, they're veterans that run the company. They know that sometimes love hurts. 
And that's what they called the other <laughs> brand new limited run. Love Hurts uh, Bar Soap. Uh, it'll have your eyes regretting their decisions with its irresistible scent. And I'm sorry, not your eyes, your exes. What was what I saying, your eyes? I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, uh, I need to. Uh, it's Love Hurts, but it doesn't hurt my eyes because it's got this great <laughs> logo. Anyway, your exes will regret their decisions. With this irresistible scent, get ready to turn heads, especially your former axes. Get back at them with every whiff. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, it's They're having fun with it. It's Valentine's. And you can't go wrong supporting Hero Soap. I, I just – I don't mention these folks very often anymore, but the links are always there. So you guys can check it out. If you're over at Spreaker, you're listening to the podcast, check out all the links. Uh, just check them all out. I put plenty of them up there that link to these different companies. Uh, Einstock Beer, uh, Sauce Bay, uh, all these fine uh, companies that are doing great work and have great products. Anyway, it's time, right? It's time. You guys go get into your weekend. Have a great one. Come back next week. And remember, as always, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Talk to you next week. Using both hands Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep Stalin, Hitler, Maloney, and Pol Pot They told us things that you never forgot Lessons to your daughters and sons To fear the government that fears your guns Now the new world order crew Well, they're making their demands They don't feel safe if you are armed You say gun control Is using both hands
is using both hands. <laughs> <laughs> 